Welcome <laughs> to episode four of Martism. It is I, your host, Marty, king of the world, leader of the podcast, users, and all that crap. Who gives a shit, really? They all suck compared to me. I am here for a very special guest of mine. We are coming out of hiatus. She's from Canada. She's feeling better from COVID, and we're going to talk about that later. This is Jess, the mess. Say what's up to the people, <laughs> Jess. Hi. That's it? Um, I don't know. Am I supposed to introduce myself? If you'd like, yeah. Okay. I'm Jess, aka Jess Mess. Um, I am old compared to Marty and Marty's other guests, and uh, slightly boring. Not sure what Marty, uh, you know, sees interesting in me to talk about, but we're gonna have some fun. Talk about some shit. Perfect. So first things first, how old are you in comparison to me? Let's just get that out the way. I'm 28, which doesn't sound that much older on paper, but feels old sometimes when I don't understand when I had to be taught how to use Discord and all this shit that you people do. You're not old. Let's get that, let's get that out the way. You are not old. <laughs> all right. You just have a life. You have things that you have to do. You don't have time for this crap. Yeah, true. I mean, I grew up definitely early, I think. I'm older than most other 28-year-olds, let's say that. Older than most other 28-year-olds, she says. What do you do for a living? <laughs> I am an executive assistant. I work for the Canadian government. It's fancy schmancy. Um, and I'm a mom, two kids. Um, yeah, I work in with computers. I work with... Uh, Big bosses and CEOs, and I'm damn good at my job. The real question is, <laughs> not to be, not to be cocky. do you have a child that you love more than the other? Don't lie to me. Do I have a favorite child? I do not have a favorite child. Smart, because they might it's hear this one day. They might hear this one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of love for both my girls, but I don't have a favorite. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> the one that's quiet? Actually, I like Bella a lot. She seems oh. like a fun time. <laughs> Yeah, she's feisty for sure. She's going to dominate the world one day. So, two. You know there's two motherfucking people at the same motherfucking time, right? That sounds horrible. Like, it sounds hard. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard, but it's, um, you know, definitely, you know how much I love my kids and it's basically my existence. I think I was one of those people that was like made to be a mom. Like it's so freaking corny and cliche. And I think that's what I mean when I say I'm old for a 28 year old. It's like me and Anthony got married at 22 and like I knew we got pregnant right away when we got married. And it's like ever since I was a kid, I knew I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a wife. And like I didn't care much about anything else. Like I didn't even care if I had a career really, which sounds pathetic, but you know, I'm a woman with not the most feminist views. And I think, you know, sometimes that's hard, but I enjoy being a mom. I enjoy being a wife and I enjoy, you know, making my husband happy. So There's I guess wrong I'm with that. You know that, right? Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. You ask. I think in this modern age, you know, and I like I do have a career, but that sort of happened by accident. That was never like, you know, I was never like it would have been OK being a stay at home mom. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Now, not so much. Now that I have my career. Um, now that I have it, you know, it's like it fulfills me and gives me 
something, I guess, income and sort of like a sense of, you know, identity and like, I don't fully rely on my husband. But that being said, I'm, yeah, I'm quite the traditionalist. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a stay at home mom. I don't think there's anything wrong with relying on your husband. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing all the cooking and the cleaning and if you're home and you have the time, of course, of course, you know, right now I'm sick and Anthony's doing more and I don't think that I should, you know, make myself sick or forcing myself to like take care of my husband. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that in general, I am happy being in my wife role if that makes sense I feel like I'm digging myself a grave right now and the other women are gonna hate me so I'm just gonna stop while I'm ahead actually <laughs> who gives a shit what they think if we're gonna be honest here who gives a fuck if y'all bitches out here who listen to this have a problem with her understanding that there's no such thing as true gender roles and your yeah. rules in a relationship y'all need to get the fuck out of my podcast because you're not gonna like half the shit that's gonna come out of my mouth later <laughs> I'm being yeah, honest yeah like I I don't think like I don't believe in traditional gender roles, but then I also do believe that there are some some roles that women are just better at. And there's some roles that men are just typically and I say typically not everybody, but typically better at like, you know, as the mom, typically speaking, like when the kids are super emotional and want to talk about their feelings, they come to me. And that's not saying that there's no dad out. There's not men out there that are very, you know, emotionally versed and can talk about emotions with their kids. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I do think you don't have to stick to gender roles, but also if gender roles work for you in your marriage and in your life, you don't have to fight that either just to be, new age do you know what i'm saying i understand like like i'm like and, and that's not saying that anthony is not well-rounded and an amazing husband i'm sure we'll touch on marriage at some point today but um it's just i don't know you do know I, you don't gotta lie <laughs> i just don't want to be controversial so you're I'm not you're not being controversial you're being honest um and for me like i don't find it insulting when when people look to the mother and say like oh, are you going to cook for the kids? Like, I don't think that they should, like, I don't get, like, I have friends, for example, who will get insulted when they say, you know, oh, what are the kids going to have for dinner? And then they'll freak out and be like, you're the dad, you should be able to figure out what they're going to have for dinner. And it's like, no, Anthony can do the heavy lifting. I physically cannot move a dresser. If we need a dresser moved, I physically cannot do it. And that's not because I'm a woman there's women who are strong as hell, but that's just because I'm physically not as strong as him. So those jobs fall to him as the man in, in the family. So there's certain things that I have strengths for. And again, that's not only because I'm a woman. Some of these strengths, you know, occur more often in women, but I just don't feel the need to constantly fight that. And you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it's about being equals. But honestly, we find our own roles within ourselves. If Anthony, I'll be honest, I don't think Anthony's a great healthy cook. I think he's admitted that to me. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a good cook, <laughs> if you're a good cook, why don't, why don't you cook? That's the thing. I don't yeah. understand what the problem is. 
it's just uh, like a lot of marriages nowadays it's very like they fight so hard because they want to be equal and they want to say well if I can do this you should be able to do this and I just for me in my life like I just don't feel like that's necessary I just do what naturally comes to me and Anthony does what naturally comes to him when it comes to parenting when it comes to our our marriage and you know I just don't feel the need to push that just to be I guess new age and I see it a lot lately where you know like the woman doesn't want to go back to work but she goes back to work and the man stays at home just because they're saying well you know if I have to go back to work, whatever, like he should be able to stay home with the kids. Why not? And forcing it, even though both of them don't want to do it, but it's just trying to push that sort of new age idea. You know what I mean? I do. But it's for me, it's just like, do whatever feels right. Whatever your skills are, whatever your, you know, role is, wherever it falls naturally and just go with that. When it comes to that, it's such a tricky thing because people don't want to exercise the right to shut the fuck up equally either. It's like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it, it's interesting because your relationship. Mm, so at the beginning, I thought it was unbalanced as shit because you both work and he's just trying to unwind at the end of the day. But yeah. I, I kind of see how it's more necessary for him to be as involved as you'd like him to be. Yeah. Having that balance is important. So the fact that you took the time to. You know, get into his hobby, meet his friends, vice versa, probably. The rules were reversed. It's, yeah, it's totally. a It's a good example of what a marriage should be like. And on the topic of marriage, let's be honest here. How the hell did Anthony pull you? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know how he pulled you. So... He, his personality would be like, a, I thought it would be like a turnoff right away. So, yeah, my husband is a quote-unquote jerk, um, self-proclaimed asshole. I think everyone knows him. He is an asshole. He can be very openly selfish and not care. Like, that's just his personality. He, it has to go to back to his childhood, the way he was raised, and it is who he is. You know what I mean? Like, he can't change who he is. He is just who he is when we got together um yeah <laughs> i don't want i'm not gonna go into the x-rated story i know you know how we got together but i don't well you're just trying to save your children the secondhand embarrassment <laughs> in the future if i somehow <laughs> succeed at this in the long term let's just say there was alcohol and there was things and i've known him since we were really young and then one day he asked if he could kiss me cringe Nothing wrong with yes. that. I've done that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Like, um, can I kiss you right now? What? He actually said, what would you do if I kissed you? Oh, that's cringy. Never mind. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Find out. Like, my response is even more cringe. Like, I'm getting so embarrassed thinking about it again. But I said, I don't know. Find out. And then he kissed me. And like, this is the most like corniest, disgusting thing I'll ever say, but it was actually like fireworks, like the world just like 
fun and like I couldn't see and I was like holy fuck like I'm going to marry this guy like it was you like felt the song like, in your head like oh there was, song, my was like, love. and there was like people all around us in the room and we were just like okay everyone needs to leave everyone needs to go like everyone has to get out and we just like stayed up we didn't have sex we were both drunk but oh you have to include that huh you just had to include that I part. Sh- yes i did like it was a while it wasn't about that and then we just like stayed up and talked and like and it was weird because i'd known him since i was a kid he was my he's my um uh best friend's older brother so i've known him since we were like young young and it was always like kind of a weird like he would pick on me and he would like make like gross sexual comments at me all the time and I would like kick him and like it was just like a weird dynamic we had it was never like romantic it was just like you know we would just like piss each other off and he would call me names and we would wrestle like not sexually wrestle just like it was just a weird dynamic we had and then like leading up to this night it had started to change like a little bit like I'd been I'd been laying down like moves I asked him to pick me up from the bar one day and I, like, laid on his shoulder in the car on the way home. And he's like, so are we getting out of the car? Like, wh- what are we doing? And I was like, yo, you could not see a freaking pass at you if I wrote it in red marker. Like, I'm trying to get it. In, in his you. defense, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> and he told me later on, oh, I thought you were drunk. I didn't want to take advantage. That's a lie. Like, I thought That's a were- lie. He couldn't <laughs> tell. He couldn't tell. <laughs> I want to hear his yeah. side of this one day. He doesn't listen to the podcast, I'm sure, but I'll have him on here one day. Oh my gosh, yeah. So then after that, like we... If the story doesn't match up, I'm going to call you on it, though. <laughs> no, 100%. We, I put my head on his shoulder when he picked me up from the bar. This was in April, and then the kiss happened in May. So it was like a month before, and I was like, I'm like newly single. Like, I'm trying to freaking... Oh, the thought. Hot girl summer. I just wanted, uh, I want, yeah, I was starting my hot girl summer. Like, I was newly single after being in a five year bad relationship. And, like, I was just trying to, like, get freaking, get my best whole life on. Just say you want a dick, all right? Just say it. You don't have to pretend like that's not what you were aiming for. I wanted to. You know. You know he's going to come on here and he's not going to be as careful as you are. (laughs) You know that, right? I wanted to experience lots of different dick. I was 18 years old. I was newly single and like I was honestly just trying to fuck him and he was like not giving in and I was like hey maybe he's just not into me like that whatever that's cool and then and then a month later the kiss happened and then that's the last person I kissed and that was about 10 years ago yeah remember so, guys are dense as shit the fact that it, yeah. that's how hard you have to work for it I respect that yeah and that was literally the end of my um my hot girl summer ended before it could begin and that was 10 years ago never kissed anyone else since <laughs> how much do you love anthony i do i love him very much yeah he's um back when i was saying what an asshole he is he's an asshole but he there's something that feels like exclusive about being his wife and being his friend and this is like i've never been able to verbalize this but because he's such an asshole and he's so sparing with his like affection and his friendship it's like being in his inner circle just feels like dope like because i know he doesn't simp over like hot girls like he doesn't look at a hot girl and think like oh she's so hot like he just doesn't care he just doesn't care about anything except his friends me his kids work video games yo i feel like he loves me more than you just how you're describing that because you just put into words he's on (laughs) me all the time we talk every day 
we haven't missed a single day of conversation. We send each other snaps like, hey, hey, let's do it. You ready? I'll, I'll miss you, buddy. I missed you too. Like, yeah, what the he fuck? He's affectionate, but he's so that affectionate is... to me. I don't know what you mean by sparing. <laughs> like, I get all no, the affection. I mean, he's sparing with the amount of people, not the amount of affection he gives. Mm. He's very picky and cheesy. Whatever you got to tell yourself, jealous girl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Second wife over here, side hoe. I am the second Please. wife. I stayed up till 2 a.m. like every night while you were in the hospital. Freaking waking. True. Like, oh. Like, he loves you. I tell you this all the time, but he loves you. Like, the amount of love he has for you is impressive. Because yeah. uh, I've said it. I've told it to my friends before. I was like, man, I want what they have. I think I mentioned it to Nate once. I'm like, yeah, I want what they have. Like, there's no bullshit there. It's it's just no. honest love. Like, you can tell they were friends before they started dating. You can tell. Yeah. it's It's definitely, like, that unconditional kind of love where it's like we know no matter what happens it's always going to be me and him like there will never be a discussion of it not working and it's not like either of us is okay with it just being an okay marriage either like it's ride you know, or die like, ride or die and that's the thing and like for example call of duty was coming in between our marriage it was he was spending a lot of time so me he was spending a lot of time with you guys on on call of duty specifically and me at, specifically you <laughs> and i wasn't i wasn't getting that you know after work like hey how was your day like can we talk can we have some time together it would be like kids bath dinner video games and you guys were getting that sort of more emotional aspect of him because and not to fault him he wasn't doing anything wrong in, in our marriage he was had us has a stressful job all day he wants to come home and he wants to relax and he wants to play video games and i can't fault him for that he works hard to support us he works a freaking stressful job so i had to think okay video games make him happy i'm not gonna ask him to lower his video games what's gonna happen if i ask him to lower his video games he's gonna come sit in here he's gonna be annoyed because he doesn't want to be sitting in here he wants to be on his freaking playstation playing call of duty so what can i do i'm gonna start playing with him it's no sweat off my back i get to hang out with him i get to talk to him about his day and then i accidentally became addicted to it that wasn't part of the plan but you know for me i think marriage is all about compromise you can't ask somebody to give up something that they love yes it was inconveniencing me but either i can join him and we can both have fun or i can ask him to stop playing and then he's going to be upset and missing his his game and missing his friends and missing his his hobby so to me i think that's just a key to the successful marriage is compromise and it's not like i'm the only one making compromises he makes compromises all the time we always have to meet somewhere in the middle and that's what keeps us going strong i think what's wild is you missed the peak of what we were playing like the game was at its peak at that point it was addicting we were like winning we were getting like these crazy <laughs> kill games it was nuts i joined after it was trash yeah you you joined after it became like <laughs> trash cheaters everywhere you missed you missed him at his happiest at base at this point I, he never oh. would get mad because he was oh doing so well. Like we have so many videos of us just sitting down, just having a good time, and it doesn't happen as much. But no. I will say he's uh he's mellowed out since you've been on. Like he's well, he, he's very mellow. Yeah, he's definitely mellowed out a lot over the years. Like if you saw pre Jessica Anthony, you wouldn't recognize him. Like criminal record, fighting, scrapping, fighting every weekend. You really want to put this like, out there? <laughs> I mean, I don't care. 
right. <laughs> it's been it's been ten years. He hasn't. The last night he ever got into a fist fight was the night that we started dating, and he hasn't fought since. So, I mean, I take that as a as a good. You know, he was just an angry, an angry boy, and um, he's a solid dude. Though we, we see a lot of that. I think he's a know? solid dude. He's a very very solid dude. Yeah, as a father. Has he lived up to any expectations that you had of him when you guys got married? He is the best father. And, like, let me tell you, when we first started dating, he was your typical fuckboy. Like, oh, I could tell. He, <laughs> he, his numbers are off the charts. I don't even want to think about those numbers. Is it in the and 50s? Is it in the 50s? It, it's, it's double digits. I'll just say that. Ew. Um, and um, he, like just never had a girlfriend for more than a month like it was all just like meaningless and whatever and like when we first started dating he's like i'm gonna forewarn you like i don't want to get married and i never ever want to have children oh like, so you got was... that good poom poom okay <laughs> <laughs> he said i'm never getting married and i'm never having kids and i remember like i remember this moment so clearly i was out walking and i was on my like talking to him on the phone and i was like like never ever and he's like never ever he said marriage is a 50 50 like maybe 10 15 years down the road but kids is never he's like i just i don't like can't see myself being a dad like i just don't it's just not for me and i was like okay that's fine in my head i knew it was a non-negotiable for me to have kids but i was like let's just ride it out like whatever for this point at this point let's just keep having fun in this relationship that was my thought and then like six months in he was like you know, like, maybe kids wouldn't be, like, the worst thing. Like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just kind of started bringing it up. And then we started talking about it seriously. And then he told me one day he got drunk and had a little emotional breakdown and said that basically he never could imagine himself being a dad because he never was with someone he could imagine as being a mom, someone who was strong and that he would want his kids to look up to and to emulate their behavior. And that he just couldn't get into that headspace. But he said, being with me, he's like, I know you're going to be such... I'm getting emotional. What the hell? Same. I'm just being quiet because I'm low-key sniffling and I'm like covering my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't, don't do this to me, Jess. Don't, uh, don't do it to me. Because if you start crying, I'm going to start crying. And then we're not going to get through this. We've only been doing this for 20 minutes. So it's been 20 minutes. I'm not doing anything, y'all. I'm just saying it's not... <laughs> I wish I had my Hawaiian punch right now. Uh, and he just was saying that, you know, there was never anyone who I could imagine being, like, a, a good mom to my kids. And and he said that, like, I, I want to have kids. So we started planning it. And then when we had our first child, like, I'll be honest, it didn't come instant to him. Like, it wasn't instant like it was for me. Like, I held my kids and I'm like, hey, I will die for you. I will... um like, I know what to do. I know what that cry means. I know what that sound means. I know, like, it's just, it's, it came instant to me. And with him, it took a little bit of time. And I think that's normal for dads. And I think we need to normalize that being normal for dads. They, a lot of times beat themselves up. And I'm not saying it took him years. It took him like a week and he knew and, you know, but for me, the love is instant. And I grew this, this human. I've known this human for nine months. And you know, he's getting handed this kid and like, this is your kid, love them, die for them, protect them. And it took him, I would say about a week. And then, and then after that, it was just like watching him be a dad took my love for him from like, 
what I thought was a million to like a brand new level. He's like so patient, so kind. And like, he is just the best dad in the whole entire world. Like I, and like, I, he's to the point that even if he fucked me over today, left me for freaking someone else, cheated on me, fucking destroyed my life, I would never do anything to jeopardize his relationship with his kids. Like, I would still say, you know what, you're taking them as much as you want. Like, every weekend, I don't care, every week. Like, he's that good of a father to them that I 100% see him as an equal participant in their life. I'm not more important because I'm their mom. Like, we're 50-50. He's absolutely amazing. Oh man, that was a roller coaster. That was twenty minutes. <laughs> Jeez, no, that's that's beautiful. It's it's hard to find a dad like that these days, you know. Like, like there's dads out there who never earned the love of their kids. You know what I mean? But I think he's had it from the start. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's ever not stopped playing in the middle of the game to say goodnight to the kids and to go tell you goodnight. He, no, he does that every night, like clockwork. Eleven o'clock hits my time. It's gonna go tell Jessica night. Twelve o'clock hits. Gonna go tell Jessica night. Whenever you get <laughs> off, he's gonna tell you good night. He does not miss it ever. No, no, he he definitely does not. He always comes in and gives me a kiss and gives the kids a kiss and he always says, "Where are my girls? Give me my kisses." And then he goes and does his thing. And you know, it's nice like that. I go to bed earlier too than him because it's like I love that we get that time together. But it's also nice that he gets you know. It's a different time dynamic. Without- well, it's just that we got to keep it balanced. It's a very different dynamic when you're not there. It just becomes a bro thing. <laughs> it becomes yeah, exactly. very bro-ish. It's like, what's up, it's dude? Bro-ish. Dude, dude, bro, 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 bro. It, it gets, yeah. it gets like that. It's even yeah, worse exactly. when Nate is there because it becomes triple bro. It's like sports and all this crap. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like different than all of them. Like, I don't really care about sports, but I'll bullshit with you guys. Why not? It's it's yeah. very different. I, I do totally. like I do like how you talked about that. I think you would really like this podcast called Baby Steps. Never heard of it. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, it's from this guy who's part of his YouTube channel called Try Guys. Fucking love that okay. channel. He and his wife have two kids, and they're just discussing everything about like parenting and everything that led up to the birth of their second child. It's beautiful. I love it. Oh. It's it was a solid podcast to listen to when I was uh, doing classwork. I'm going to listen to it. But mine is better. Just because I'm a good time. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely are. A great time. So to kind of step up from that, I'm going to let you take over quick for a quick minute. Hit me with what you want to know. About you? Yeah, why not? I just just asked you a question, you know, about your marriage and stuff. I'll let you take over. I don't let anybody do this shit. But you're you're a very comfortable (laughs) guest. You're more comfortable than most. You say you're not. But for 20 minutes, you just talk comfortably. So go ahead. Yeah. Take the reins okay. for a minute. Let's uh okay. Hmm. I wanna know, and what I want to know about you, because you're a pretty guarded guy, and you say you're not, but you're very guarded. And I think you cover a lot of your um guardedness with humor and um <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is the most defining pivotal moment in your life? I've always defining? wanted to ask you that defining defining as in it changed you or like pivotal moment where it either changed you for the good the bad where you looked started to look at the world differently like was there a moment you or an experience one? or a time? <laughs> yeah 
one uh, loaded question uh, let me think for a second i've never actually been asked this question um i guess let's see i think it was when i was a lot younger i, it's I usually, sat down yeah. i sat down one day and i realized yo i don't have anyone in this world i give a shit about anymore like i'm okay being alone that's deep and that's dark it was like it got to the point where someone's like oh marty needs to know that we care about him and that he's not alone some guy said that about me i'm like are you is he trying to come on to me that's what i thought <laughs> and derek as you know gets up and says no that's not what it is he just doesn't like you he thinks you're <laughs> annoying oh he's just God. too nice to tell you that because he knows you'll cry so <laughs> at that point i was just like fuck it if i lose a friend i lose a friend i don't care and i think that stems yeah. from just like a sense of uh like, I guess I just never felt like people liked me. I always felt like they tolerated me for a long time. I, I do notice you carry that that sort of I don't need anyone who doesn't need me kind of mentality with you. Like, you carry that through your life still. Like, which, I mean, it's good on, a, on an aspect of it's, it shows strength, right? Like, you are comfortable with you you're fine like you're not one of those guys who needs another person to complete you you're happy being marty and i think that that's like very inspiring and that's you know awesome but there's the other coin of it too of eventually you can't always just be marty i mean uh, i guess i can <laughs> i can i'm okay with it i'm okay with it people people take it the wrong way a lot of times like they'll and that's another thing I don't like. They take things I say the wrong way. And I guess that's partly because of how I say things. I don't like to You're sugarcoat it. I don't like to sugarcoat it. I hate no. being I hate being lied to just as much as I hate being told a bold face, sugarcoated, you know, lie. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like me, just say you don't fucking like me. Don't mm -hmm. be friends with me because I'm a good time. Just say you don't fucking like me. If you have a problem yeah. with what I just said to you, tell me right now instead of telling somebody later. And then I got to hear from them. Insincerity. Insincerity is That's the word, that yeah. You just don't do well with. And I, I can tell. And you also don't like people who try too hard. I've noticed if you try too hard to be something or you just want everyone to like you, you see right through that shit so fast. Like, I don't have like, patience I don't for that. That's why I was so concerned with you being part of the group when we play online. That's what... That's what a female brings out of other men. Mm, like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that shit. That's why I liked our core group so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one acted different. No one acted differently. Let me rephrase that. No one changed who they were. Everybody was just straight up the same. That... I mean, I gotta say, I don't think people change much when I joined. I don't the think... The randoms do. <laughs> the randoms oh, do. Yeah. Like, but uh, not with, like, the the crew the crew no the crew doesn't change because we're all grown men you know yeah. two of them are married one of them is in a relationship you know i'm single lou i think Lou's in a relationship too i don't remember for sure or he's married I, I don't remember which no i think he's single but it's like it's all just everyone has a level of respect it's not like there was a bunch of like fuck boys in the group and then i came and everyone was like fucking losing their mind like oh my gosh it's a female like no all of you guys actually just look at me as like 
one of the dudes, like one of the crew. Like, well, you're his you know. wife, and you if you're his wife, you gotta be one of the dudes at that point. That dude just <laughs> exudes testosterone of what he likes to do in his daily life at that oh point. Oh my gosh, I know. All he talks I about never... is football. <laughs> when we started dating, I didn't know what a touchdown was. Like, I didn't know anything. Now I could go toe to toe with anyone about football. I know everything about football. Like, I had to. And it's like, and that's what bothers me is people will say, oh, like, that's a pick me girl. That's a pick me girl. Like, I hate that term. Like, you are a pick me girl. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, it's not being a pick me girl to have similar interests with someone you love because that makes them happy. They don't call if a man wants to learn how to fold laundry so that his wife doesn't have to fold laundry all the time. They wouldn't call him a pick me man. They would say, wow, that's a gentleman. That's an amazing husband. Wrong. But girls who want to get involved in sports, who want to get involved in video games, who want to do shit with their freaking husband, they get called pick me. And it's like, no, that's not a pick me. That's called I love my husband and I want to see him be happy. And I'm going to get involved in his interest because that makes him happy. What the fuck is wrong with that? And it's like girls just the girl on girl hate for girls like me who want to be involved in things with my husband the girl and girl hate that you see is so great like it's it's so bad <laughs> you guys are vicious to each other i don't oh, think yeah. at my last job i just saw like aspects of it. it's like yo she just left and you're already talking shit about her you just said you were her friend what the fuck like you guys that's why i love hanging and chilling with you guys because it's You'll tell it to me straight. I don't have to worry about you talking shit when I leave the chat. You'll be like, you're being fucking annoying today, bro. What's no, going tell on? you to your face <laughs> that you suck. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've said it multiple times. It's like, God damn it. We might win now that she's gone. <laughs> There's Literally. a chance. But no, we don't really care. No, it's fine by me. Like, I like that straight upness. Like, I, I can roll with that. Well, you can see why I'm so picky. Yeah. Oh, you are quite picky. Like, I think I can honestly say in terms of females that i'm friends with not even five mm -hmm. I, I don't even i don't have time for the drama i don't have time for that crap i like i don't have time for all the shit that goes on in your day pick a day we'll talk about it but every day something's going wrong jesus like yeah and there's some dick people or something. who just attract the drama like I've had people like that where it's always something and they're like, I don't know why it keeps happening to me. And I'm like, after some time, I'm like, you're the common denominator. You're attracting the drama. If you didn't want the drama, you wouldn't have something new every single day. And that's what I mean when I say I'm like an old 28 year old. Like, I just don't have patience for drama. I got married at 22. I'm a grown ass woman with two kids and a job. Like, I don't do drama. I I don't have time for it. I don't have patience for it. So <laughs> that's why I think I've gravitated so much towards, you know, you guys, because it's been drama free. And um, yeah, your friends are dope, too. They're all freaking <laughs> so chill and drama free. And I've just been hanging in their Twitch streams and having my bed rest and doing my thing. Have you been enjoying our streams and shit? Like Derek's yeah, having fun. I'm totally. having fun. I literally, whenever I see you guys go live, I'm in there, and um, it's fun. Good times. Did you enjoy the face review I did yesterday? <laughs> yes, yes. Let's talk about your face. Let's talk about your face. What? You are a good-looking dude. And <laughs> me, 
I, I messaged Nate. I was like, Marty's handsomer than we thought. Like, we both said it. We were like, what the hell? You need to take some new pics for your freaking. We, I know you don't, you're not so into like dating and finding somebody, but you are more attractive than you give yourself credit for and what your pictures show. You, you literally have seen a picture of me straight up. Like, I've seen so many pictures of you. It's like, I don't get what was the big surprise. Like, I wasn't hiding it. <laughs> I just wasn't. Well, that, the way you always talk about yourself, I thought you were going to be a troll. Like, I thought you were going to look like a freaking goblin. <laughs> like, no, like, I don't really think that it's a great face. It's it's just a face. And, and all, no, honestly, you have a better than average face. Like, you have a nice face. So you need to have some more freaking confidence and, and run with that shit. First off, I'm confident. I mean, like you said, though, we don't want we don't want Marty with confidence because look how you act without it. So think about it. How would you guys feel if I just started being a thought? I'm out here being a thought pocket. Like, come on. Yo, fucking be annoyed as shit. Like, no, I don't know. No, we'd live through you vicariously because we're all old and married. We'd be like, so who'd you beg tonight, Marty? Your mother. Now leave me alone. <laughs> like that won't change. That will, that will never not be the answer. <laughs> I know. I know. You're just, you're so unapologetically you. Oh, that was my tagline <laughs> for like the longest. It's like, oh, it? I'm unapologetically myself. Y'all can suck my dick. Basically. Wow. I didn't even know that, but it's yeah, definitely. You're the most unapologetic person I know for sure. Funny enough, there was a girl I knew who had a Twitter and she started posting shit going, shit Marty says, because I would just come up with some of the dumbest shit. It's like, man, I wonder if he has anal beads in his ass right now. Look how he's walking. Like, who the fuck <laughs> says shit like that? Unless she would just tweet it. You don't think like, a, like I wouldn't, don't want to say normal, but you don't think like the average person. You think outside the box and you think. Fuck the box. It, it's Stop different. it on that. <laughs> but it's it's great being your friend and it's great seeing your point of view on things because you see views that I wouldn't normally see or that other people wouldn't normally see and make you go, huh, you know, I never thought about it like that. So you bring a lot of value into my life for sure. Well, thank you. And uh, my, my podcast personality is a lot more different than the, the video game personality. I will say that as well. <laughs> it's I don't know. I, I listen to your episodes. I feel like it's you're pretty you. Yeah, but I try to be a little bit less uh, wild at the beginning oh, okay. of each one. I a like easing, easing you guys into it as we get towards the end. And um, I don't know. I just feel like when people aren't themselves, I feel like they're just living miserably. When, you, when you're not yourself, you're not comfortable with your day to day. It's, it's horrible. Why are you going to put a smile on your face if you don't feel like smiling? Stop that shit. Stop being annoying. Yeah. Exactly. At least don't be obvious I, about it. <laughs> I agree. There's something to be said about the miserable person. Like, I think we all know the miserable person who's just miserable and they just want to drag everyone down with them. And it's, it's like, I can respect somebody who's going through some shit, who's miserable. I don't. Like, but own that. Own that. Don't drag everyone down with you. Say, yeah, I'm going through some shit. No, keep that you shit know? to yourself. No, stay away. Keep your <laughs> shit to yourself until you're ready to fix it and or help let us help you. Because those people are the ones who always say, oh, I don't know what to do. And you tell them and they don't do it. You know how I know this? Because I'm that one. <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> I don't think wow. you were there. I don't think you were there. But Help Juan, in the, in the live stream, he talked about the tsunami, as he calls it. I think you had left uh, at that point. I didn't hear it, no. So he refers to our friendship as a tsunami. 
He has, as you guys know, he was in the other episodes, by the way, just for reference. Go back and watch those if you haven't, you fuckers. God damn it. How the fuck you get this far and not watch the other ones? Fuck. But he refers to all our situations as a tsunami. He and I are on an island. Follow me so far with that island shit right now? Island. Okay. Island. We're on an island together for some fucking reason. He's the last person I want to be stranded with. I, I tell him <laughs> that shit all the time. Says, all right, there's a tsunami coming, Marty. Let's build a boat. I'm just chilling, cracking coconuts, having sunstroke, all that stupid shit. He has a boat. He's like, Marty, you got to finish your boat. I'll help you. I'm like, nope. Let me just keep eating my coconuts. Going crazy. He's oh, my like, God. He's like, all right, come on. Let's get you on his boat. Let's fix this problem. Gets me on his boat because I was ill-prepared for the upcoming problem. Mm-hmm. Like throughout this friendship, we've been friends since we were 12, I believe. Wow. 12. And it started out of convenience because he lived right next door to me. But we have grown to be probably as close as brothers. I'll take a bullet for him any day. Any day. No questions Aww. asked. So yeah, he's a very great friend. He was the one who told me to do the podcast anyway. So he refers to that as a problem. When you're ill-prepared and you don't listen to other people, that's a problem. And that's why when you say own that shit, it's a problem for me. People own that shit, but they still refuse to accept the help. Yeah. Those people are stubborn. And they can stay as stubborn as they want as long as they're stubborn away from me. I don't care about your problems. And you say, like, own that shit, but don't own that shit near me. <laughs> and, and you don't need to take on anybody else's problems, Jess, and you know that. But I do. You and shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't, because you try to take on my problems. I'm like, ah, I'll let you know a little bit, but you're not going to be involved in the fixing. I'll let me stay broke for as long as I need to stay broke. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I think that's like a huge skill that people need to develop in today's world is boundaries and it's so hard to set boundaries because everybody wants to be the hero everybody wants to be that friend that can always help and like the friend that will never say no because that role has been so glamorized like that role of yeah, that's my ride or die. That's my that's my friend that I could call at 2 a.m. and will drive to wherever to pick me up. Like being that person has been so, you know, and, and it's not to say that that's not not a good person to be. Of course you should be. But number one, have boundaries. And number two, don't be that person for everyone. Be that person because it's coming from a place of wanting to help that person because you love them and because you care about them not because you want to be their hero or because you want to look like a hero and you want to just be that person that everyone can always rely on it has to come from the right place and then if it comes from the right place I don't think there's anything wrong with you know taking on someone else's problems you just can't do it for everybody and it has to come with the right intentions in my opinion and number three this is for the guys out there don't be captain save a hoe all right, let them let them hoe it up. Don't be Mr. I can save you, okay? I can stop you from being who you are. No. All right, let them be hoes, all right? Don't be Captain Save-A-Ho. I hate that shit. <laughs> I hate that shit so much. So yeah. fucking much. It's true. Everyone loves a good Captain Save-A-Ho, though. I don't. Like, on the <laughs> next episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about a Captain Save-A-Ho we knew, Derek and I will, and uh, that's going to be a very fun episode because... Oh, God. 
this man, this man was so bad. Like you're gonna love it. It's gonna be probably the one of the better episodes I've ever done. That I won't have to scrap. Uh, wait. What I will say, as we segue into this, how is your sex life of Anthony? How is our sex life? Oh, you're just going for it. Yeah, huh? I don't really care. I, I'm, I'm actually like that. I met somebody once. I'm like, so when did you lose your virginity? And they just tell me because I asked. <laughs> you um, straight up. Our sex life is great. It's going to sound so freaking corny, and I hate myself for saying this, but sex with someone you love and someone you love so deeply and someone that you're so emotionally connected to is like so different that even if yeah like i've been fucking the same person for 10 years but it's still the best time every time because it's like i care like i care that i want you to fucking bust a nut because i love you and i want you to feel good (laughs) even after 10 years it still feels fresh after 10 years i wouldn't say it feels fresh like i know what i'm getting like it's you know it's not i wouldn't say he's got his moves he's like oh oh there you go i know that one (laughs) number two we're gonna do number four after right but it's it's not that it's not like but it's enjoyable still it's not like like i hear people who say like oh it becomes like a chore like no like we both still are like stoked like oh my god like we're getting it in tonight like i'm fucking you i'm so excited like it's not like it gets boring and that's just because one we have a mutual attraction number two we have mutual respect and number three i mean it's a good dick that's why i married him but so it's a healthy sex life (laughs) it's a healthy sex life we definitely it's healthy and it's you know i'd say we're both satisfied if anything we're we you know both get down on the amount sometimes with two kids and me being sick and we're both like frustrated and we want it more often but you know in general i'd say it's uh for this many years and the horror stories i hear i just don't understand i can't i hashtag can't relate (laughs) so what is your key like if you have to leave one piece of advice i always like doing this if you have to leave one piece of advice for someone yeah for a healthy sex life in a marriage has been what a 10-year relationship in total what is your key like what is the I, one thing you cannot compromise on to keep it working? Number one thing that you cannot compromise on is communication. And that's with sex and that's with everything. But especially with sex, if you feel like you're not getting it enough, if you feel like you want to try something new, you know, if you feel like you're not getting enough blowjobs, if you feel like you're oh, he not says being... that all the time. <laughs> oh gosh. Don't get me started on this man and his blowjobs. I give a mean blowjob. I still don't I see the appeal. You, I said you can you can talk about anything. I'm just saying I, I don't see the appeal of blowjobs. Blowjob skills on the blowjob world stage, and I would take gold. I think a gay man would take gold. No. Really? No. Should I give a blowjob tutorial, or is that a little too far? No, you can give one. Because, like, honestly, I don't see the appeal. I have received because a you haven't had a good blowjob. Okay. I'm going to give a blowjob tutorial live on your freaking podcast. And this is gold, man, woman, straight, gay, whoever. If you're a man and you're straight, take these tips to your freaking wife and you'll have the best blowjob of your life. All right, let's do it. Tip number one, you need so much spit. Like you need (laughs) so much spit to the point where you feel disgusting. You should look like a slobbery dog that needs a kick in the head. Like you should look rabid, like disgusting. (laughs) Spit. 
spit everywhere. It should be going down into this dude's ass crack. That should be like, ah, just well, coming out no. your mouth. <laughs> you just start, you start slow, right? And then you just make sure that there's a lot of spit coming out as you do it. It should be dripping into the dude's ass crack on his balls. It should be spit everywhere. Okay, number one. It shouldn't feel like sandpaper, basically. It should not feel like sandpaper. No, been, it's been there. Like... Been there. Oh, okay. Well, there's the problems. Problems were had, Marty. That was not right. So, number one, <laughs> lots of spit. Number two, two hands. Two so, hands. Damn, Anthony, that... you packing a monster in there. No, no. That's the thing. Yeah, he, he has a perfect, great dick, but the dick doesn't have to be <laughs> massive to do two hands. You can do like two fingers. You could do like four fingers. Just you need both hands involved. And they need to go be doing different things. So, like, one hand can go one way. One hand can go the other way. One hand can be moving up. One hand can be moving down. Like, you got to have a lot of movement. And both hands is is the chef's kiss. Okay. Three, switch it up. So, like, fast and slow. Don't stick to one speed. Don't just keep doing the same fucking thing. If you're bored, he's bored. Like, you have to be into it it has to be dynamic and changing if you can feel like he's about to come you take it to the point and then you slow it down and you stop you have to keep it going different speeds different movement just keep it dynamic number four wow. your attitude on it is so important if attitude this, yes your <laughs> attitude you cannot be bored if you're sitting there sucking a dick as a chore He'll know. If you're doing it because, oh, fuck, I owe him this blowjob, the guy will know. You will know. No one's having fun. Enthusiasm, goddammit. <laughs> what? Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Yes, you need the enthusiasm. You need to act like you are starving and this dick is your last meal. That's and right. And you are going to die without this dick. And if you don't bring that enthusiasm, you can be a fucking two. And if you have enthusiasm... It's going to be, he's going to look back and think that's the best fucking blowjob I've ever had compared to the 10. That's like, this is so boring. Like, you have to bring the enthusiasm. And I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. That's a perfect blowjob. Take that to the bedroom, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. I just saved your marriage. Just kidding. All right. Let's someone who is orally also fixated as well. Hop in here real quick. Top tip I can give you guys. I give this tip to Juan. It works. Get your face into vagina. All right? You will not believe how many dudes are, like, afraid to stick their face in there. Put your face in there. Nose needs to be touching something, goddammit. Lick the clitoris. All right? Don't just lick the sides. Get in there. Move the flap. She got one of those flappy cow tongue vaginas, all right? Just move the flap. Get in there. Clit is a win. All right? Get. Oh, did she come oral hour? Oral minute. <laughs> that's that. That's how impressive I is. But I've never failed at that one. You got to get your face in there. All right. Use your hand too. Then don't stick a finger in there while you're licking. Be be ambidextrous. All right. You know, get a squeeze on the thigh. Don't hold back. Listen to me. Don't speed up. Keep a constant rate. Don't do the alphabet either. All right. That shit don't work. Just stay <laughs> constant. All right, it's a slow rise, a slow rise onto Splash Mountain. And as soon as you get to the top, you drop that shit and you hit the splish splash blah, 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 everywhere. Amazing. It is basically Ten it. That is basically it. All right, and don't be scared either. All right, some of them look scary. They're like the predator's mouth. Like, <laughs> it's, it looks scary at first, but just get comfortable with the vagina. All right, just understand that it's just another way of pleasing yourself. Oral sessions 
with Marty and Jess right there. <laughs> now you can take over for a second here. What you got? What you got here? What do you want? What I got? Hmm. Let me see. I don't know. I don't know what I got. You can ask me anything. You can mention anything. Whatever you want. I want you to like take point here because I think I might have you on here more often. Might even give you your uh -huh. own show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, I have a question for you. Okay. I know how you have like some insecurities and stuff. How do you be so confident? Like, I know you have insecurities because I know you and I'm friends with you and I know you on a bit of a deeper level, but you come across so confident and you don't come across as in like you're faking confidence. And I, and then maybe you naturally actually are that confident. But you have this attitude, like, I don't really give a shit what people think about me. And, like, I admire that so much because I'm a people pleaser. And I hate being that way. And I see you and I admire it. And I just want to know, like, how did you get that way? And how do you – and is that real? Is that really you or is that a front? It's real. I will, I will say that now. Uh, don't get me wrong. I am very insecure about a lot of things. Like, I lack a lot of confidence in certain aspects, but there's one thing I won't allow myself to be is fake. I am loud, and I love being loud. I hear music in the street, I'm going to dance. And people have always told me, stop dancing, you're drawing attention. I don't give a fuck. At my last job, songs would play, and you would just see me dancing around the store. Like, literal dancing. Or... Like, someone needs help, I would grab a coworker, grab her out of hand, and I'm going to just chase her. Like, come on, let's go! Just doing the most extra of extra. That sounds a lot like me, doesn't it? That is 100% you. And how did you get that way? To get that way, it started when I was young. I was very shy. Very, very shy. Because I spent my whole life being told that when I'm talking, I'm, t I'm saying the wrong thing. I'm being told to shut up because I'm being told that what's coming out of my mouth is bad and i never understood why i was always told to shut up plain and simple parents everybody never understood why and as i got older I started to realize that everyone is too scared to be who they want to be yeah. i i like everyone me. wants you to fit in their box i don't want to fit in their box i want to be me and i noticed this growing up too like this gay kid got like jumped at my school and he just beat up two kids like easy and he just attacked him because he was gay. It was so weird. You guys have a problem with someone trying to be themselves. Like, we're supposed to yeah. be free to be you and me. And you know why that starts in childhood is because people are scared when they see someone being different. Because they see glimmers of themselves that they don't want to admit that is there. Like, you know, someone's gay and you beat them up. It's not normal to beat someone up because they're gay. You're beating that person up because you had a thought or you you're gay had a, or you're gay or you had a thought or you're not even gay. But maybe you had a gay experience like maybe when you were younger, you and your friends did some gay shit. And that's normal. That's developmentally normal. That doesn't mean that you're gay. That's a whole other topic that we're not going to get into. But people experiment same sex shit as kids that's normal but that can come out that way you know you were younger you did some gay shit with your friends and then you see a gay kid and you want to beat up that gay kid because you now are always wondering am i gay like because i did this and it's just hate perpetuates hate and i just want like 
we need more people like you. We need more people that no, we don't. Know, no, we don't. <laughs> that don't fit in the box, but don't care. You're not. You're not a bully. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I lose you're... my uniqueness. <laughs> well, we need a little bit more of that, I think. Oh, I get what you mean, but honestly, I've known plenty of people like that. I think that's where I also get it from. I, I attribute a lot to it to the people I've kept around me. You know, Derek is an example. You love Derek. Derek is his I own love, man. I love Derek. I've known this dude for a decade. He is almost a decade, actually. He is his own man. Ice, his own man, kind of. Juan, his own dude. Uh, I also okay. attribute it to the online friends I made when I was in high school. I knew a guy who would just say whatever's on his mind. He's like, oh, yeah, I sucked dick at a cabin the other day. What? Wait, wait a minute. When are you gay? When, since when did you become gay? He's like, I don't know, but it tasted weird. He's like, what? He was 15 saying this stuff. Wow. And then the circle of friends we had was just so open and so interesting. None of them mm -hmm. were afraid to say what was, what was on their mind. And they were just so confident. And at first, yeah. I was just emulating what they were doing. I won't pretend like I'm original with that. Like, I emulated their personality traits, what I liked. Yeah. But as I got older, I kind of realized, eh, that's not really me. And I just started being myself. And Yeah, and there's an energy that you have, and that's what draws me to you. And there's an energy like that Derek has. Same thing, why I'm drawn to his, his uh, stream and stuff. There's an energy where, like, you're just being unapologetically you. And... Like the world needs more of that, but we never get a chance to be that because you get beat down and destroyed as a child. And, you know, half the time it's your parents that are actually killing you before you even have a chance to get killed by the world, which is heartbreaking. But there's so many kids that are told you're too loud, you're too annoying, you're too this, you're too that. Like you should be more like your sister, you should be more like your friend, blah, blah, blah. So much of that shit happens in childhood and that shapes you and that stays with you. And that parental voice that you have will always be louder there are people who can overcome like i have with a lot of therapy but <laughs> there's there's that parental voice will always be the loudest voice and if you and like that's that's just something that's so sad your parents 99 percent of the time will kill you before you know kill your spirit before the world even has a chance to yeah it's is, like i agree 100 percent you know, my dad, I can honestly say that my dad is his own man. Like, he has his own way of confidence. But I realized one day that it was just fake. The man is as broken as anybody. Like, mm -hmm. my, and like for a long time, he was my superhero. But then I realized he's not Superman. You know, I realized that my dad doesn't really like me. Like, I'm his son. And he mm -hmm. loves me. But he doesn't like me. My mom adores the shit out of me. She I feel adores that. me. And she's never told me not to be myself, but she always tells me to shut up because of the things that come out of my mouth. But I get it. I'm a little wild. Yeah. But comparing that to my dad, I remember sitting in a car with him once. And I, was, I just thought I was like everybody else. He just goes, you're an antisocial loser. What the heck? And I don't know, that shit, that shit hit hard. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? I thought I had friends. Like, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> what does that mean but you know what's so like so fucked up about it all too is it even with our parents it comes back down to that that your parents our parents all parents see something in you that they see in themselves that they hate 
and that festering hate. So when he calls you an antisocial loser, he feels like a loser and he feels like he never lived up to his full potential and that he's antisocial and that he's not enough. And then when he sees that in his child, that kills him because he thinks I'm still a failure. Look, I couldn't even make my son be social. So now I'm even a worse failure and hurt people hurt people. So when you're hurting inside, you perpetuate that hurt and people do it to their children. That's exactly what happened to my mom. Same thing. You know, she saw things in me that she hated about herself and like my weight when I was a kid, my weight was a huge issue. My mom was always dieting and you know, my parents would always talk about my weight as a kid. Like I was a chubby kid, but then you see your kid being overweight and you think, wow, I'm so fat. Now I made a fat kid and you hate that. And you try to tear that down in your child. And that's what I'm trying so hard to do with my kids is break the cycle. That's what I'm about. A hundred percent of the time is breaking the cycle. I yelled at my kid the other day for the first time. She's five years old. And I yelled at her and it was a, it was a rough yell. It was, I raised my voice and I screamed because I'm sick and I'm tired and she wasn't listening and Bella was crying and I just got overwhelmed and I yelled and she looked at me with so much hurt in her eyes and she started bawling and she says, mommy, you've never yelled at me like that. And she's five. I asked this kid what a spanking is and she's like, what's a spanking? I don't know what a spanking is. And she's five. I'm breaking the cycle and it's, there's. Sorry, I'm going off in a completely different You're tangent fine. now. You're fine. <laughs> but there's there's a fine line of yes, my kids are going to be raised to have respect, but respect isn't the number one thing. Like when we were kids, that was the number one thing. You say yes, you say no, thank you, you give hugs, you respect your elders, blah blah blah. I'm teaching my kids to have respect, but that's not my number one focus as their parent. I'm not going to judge how good of a parent I am based on how well they respect other people. You respect people who respect you. If we have an elder come over here and she starts picking on your weight or she starts picking on your appearance, guess what? You tell her to kick rocks. You're not you're not entertaining that conversation anymore. Just because she's your elder doesn't mean that you need to respect her. And that's a new age way of thinking. But like I had my grandparents would tell me all the time, you're so annoying. You're so fat. Like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And my parents would say, oh, that's your grandma. You need to respect her. No, nah, that, that shit ends in this generation. Blood is not the be all or end all. If you are toxic to me and my kids, fuck you. Like that's and my kids will treat you the same way. Now, what will show me that I've done a good job with my kids are you kind? Do you care about other people? Do you do things only when it benefits you? Or do you do things because you truly care for other people? Are you empathetic? Do you want to help the world? Do you care about the environment? These type of things will show me that I've been a good mom, not how fast you can say yes or no, not how great you can pass your SATs. And if you go to a freaking Harvard school, like I don't give a shit about any of that. Like, I don't care if my kid's fucking gay, straight, lesbian, dropout, wants to work as a hairstylist, wants to be tattooed from head to toe. I don't care. And that's what this generation is changing. That's not going to be our story. And the older generations shit on us and they call us soft and they call us snowflakes and they call us all these names. Like, no, we're not snowflakes. We care about human rights. We care about racism. We are changing the world and we are not fucking snowflakes because of it. And I, 
it's very hard being my age because I'm kind of in between this older generation and this younger generation. I'm like right in the middle. And, you know, I get flack from both sides. Um, but yeah. Who gives a fuck I'm, what they think? I'm fully <laughs> intent on breaking the cycle. That's my goal. Like, who gives a shit what they think? Those are your kids. You're okay yeah. with it. They won't have a problem. Now, do you worry about your kids in the long term? Because you do have both girls. Yeah. Long term, I, I would worry. Like, I know Anthony I, doesn't worry too much because he's like, I'll kick their asses. You know, someone does something like this. I'm like, yeah, that's not the problem. The world is a dangerous place for girls in general. But a world that's changing from very intolerant to something very peaceful is great. Yeah. But it's still dangerous. Do you worry in the long term? I worry all the time. Like, I know they say, oh, you don't sleep. Like, the thought of my kids being out at night and just doing their thing keeps me up at night now. Because they're like, so sweet. That... Soph, Soph is so yeah. sweet, man. I know. She's so sweet. And I worry about her the most because she's so kind and empathetic. And I just worry that the world is just going to tear her up. But, again, I can't protect her. All I can do is keep you know, teaching her lessons and teaching her how to be strong. And like, it's hard. But as a parent, you have to take your hands off and say, you know, like, like, I know she's going to date someone and I'm going to know this guy's going to break your heart. I'm going to look at him and I'm going to know because I'm going to have the experience. I've been there, done that. And I'm going to look and say, this guy's going to fucking ruin your life. But I won't be able to say that to her. That's not going to be an option because I'm going to be the crazy mom. I Anthony will. Happy. Oh, Anthony sure will. But at that point, then she'll turn against me and she'll say, you just don't want me to be happy and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I probably will say something like, you know, I don't have a great idea about this, but ultimately she's going to do what she wants to do. And that's a very, in parenting, it's a very fine balance of, I want to protect you, but I can't protect you from everything. There's some things that you have to just life lessons that you have to just experience. And we all experience heartbreak. We all experience the bullshit. And it makes us, you know, who we are. Like, there's only so much protecting you can do. And that's a big problem that I see in my generation of parents as well is the helicopter parenting. They want to chase them around at the playground and, and you know, make sure that they're okay 24-7. And you can't do that. You can't be with them every day of their lives for the rest of their lives. You have to give them the skills to take care of themselves you have to give them the love so that they know they have a foundation to come back to when it hurts and you need to give them the confidence in their own abilities to take on the world and that's all you can do that that's all you can do for your kids you can't do any more than that you're such a good mom like you you have it you have it figured out to a science in a way where you can tell that you sat down and thought about it like you knew instinctively but you thought about it I thought about it for sure, you, yeah. You thought about what's best for your kids without having to be a helicopter mama. All right, sink or swim, yeah. bitch. All right, I've done my job. <laughs> it's been 16 years. By now, if you don't know what to do, I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> but that's good. You know, like, you, yeah. have, you have a good head on your shoulders. Now, being a mom to two girls, do you think that you're more equipped since you also are the girl? Or do you think that you have a lot more to worry about because they are girls? Because girls, from what I can tell... Unlike boys, because boys are pretty dumb. I'm not even going to pretend like we're not. We don't think long term from the shit that mm -hmm. we do. Girls tend to be like, all right, I have a whole plan to get through this whole situation. Like they plot. 
Like you guys, yeah. you guys are very, very intelligent when you don't want to get caught. Do you worry that your girls are going to just be just out here trying to play games with you guys? I that's see, I was always scared to have a boy. I wasn't scared to have girls because why? me being a girl, why was I scared of having a boy? Because I was scared of having a boy that would hurt, break hearts. I don't know. I don't know. It's just because so I. So you're a, a husband I, before you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pretty oh, much. I'm telling him I that mean, when he's on here. <laughs> he probably I has did, his own opinion. <laughs> I, I never wanted boys. I always wanted two girls from the moment me and Anthony decided we wanted kids. I was like, I want two daughters, three years apart. And that's exactly what we got. I, you know, to me, it's very important to raise girls who are, like, empathetic and understand. And, like, I would be absolutely heartbroken if I found out one of my daughters was cheating or, you know, messing with an innocent dude. I would, or lying I would probably to go you. tell the dude. I would go tell the dude. I would be like, yo, this girl's trifling, man. Like, go find someone better. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think my girls will be that way. I think I'm going to raise them with the type of integrity that I have and morals. And you just don't hurt people. You don't go out here to destroy people. We need to stop the destroying like but it's so, so fun much... no it's not fun <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> you didn't hear we Derek's have... story yesterday come on shit was what wild you, you were there oh, yeah he was bullying the kid yeah yeah this is crazy. he learned he learned he learned and he um said he doesn't do that shit anymore it's crazy boys are like that I you're had, not wrong i had one bullying experience in my life and it haunts me to this day like i still think about what i did to this girl and i remember like because the guys didn't like her because she didn't smell good it always comes down to the smelly ones man Yo, she the, smells like a dirty beach come on she come on smell good and the guys all the popular guys didn't want to hang out with her and they're like oh she's smelly like and i just wanted to look cool and i wanted to be like oh i'll tell her she can't sit with us don't worry she can't sit with us in the cafeteria and i called her and i said like hey just like people don't want you to sit with us anymore because you smell bad and like yeah and i she cried and marty when i tell you to this day 10 years later i still think about this girl and i still think about what the fuck i did to her and how fucked up that was and like that's that's me in a nutshell i still think about it and i think why the fuck did you do that like you could have ruined that girl's life i mean she's doing good i see her on social media she's doing she's doing she's doing, doing her thing but i like if i ever found out that my daughters were bullying people i would literally take everything out of their rooms remove their social media put them down to bare minimum fucking walmart clothes bread and water diet like you will live in prison you want to act like a freaking gangster and bully people you will live in prison in my room yeah that's right like, you know wear the same pair of jeans every day to school so they know no you jeans, fucked up you can wear your freaking oh. jeans or chest. you're gonna get some walmart brand sweats ew that's what not that's just cruel and unusual <laughs> well don't bully people they, and you'll be fine <laughs> that's where you and i are different i don't remember half the shit i've done if i'm being quite honest like it's it's either so irrelevant to me in the long term or like i just don't care it's like listen i don't recall ever doing anything to you if you do sorry but not really because it's like come on it's been like 10 years everybody changes we were all stupid at 10 years old like come on 13 years old we were all dumb we were all just trying to finish that's awesome you can let things go you can move on and and you are good with it is what it is that's a great line that you can live with i'm i'm working on that still that's not a line that i'm i'm uh 
Like, we ain't got time for your negativity. Like, take that shit out of here. It's like, I'm I'm over (laughs) here 25 years old. I, if you're the same age as me, and you're holding on to some shit from 10 years ago, what does that say about you? You haven't grown at all. Like, not even in the slightest. Like, move forward. Either don't talk to me about it, and just pretend I don't exist, because in my world, you don't. Or, you know, you know, maybe jump off like a staircase and break a leg and then feel real pain. Don't say that. No, you'll feel real pain. You're holding on to some shit that you say scarred you, but you're still here. So maybe you should actually feel real pain to know what it's like to actually hurt. Because the mm-hmm. pain that you're feeling is just a tainted memory. Look forward to tomorrow instead of holding on to yesterday. All right? Yeah. People change. I vibe with that. I understand that. Like, I get it. It's hard. But when, when you are trying to live your adult life, when you have kids and you got to look at them, how are your kids going to be when you're holding on to shit from the past? If Anthony did something to you today and you're holding on to it 10 years from now, how are your kids going to just like look at you the same? It's like, damn, mom just doesn't let shit go. I can't tell her anything. I mess up in class. I can't tell her shit. It's such, a, it's yeah. such an odd way to be. It's such a... I- oof. It irks me. I I agree. And that's the art of letting go. I mean, there's, you know, Anthony has not always been perfect. There's been ups and downs and oh, there's been it. lots of that I've had to let go. And, you know, um, it's a conscious choice. And that's, that's a conscious choice you have to make. And if you choose to get over something, you have to get over it. You cannot throw something in someone's face in an argument. And, I, and I've been bad for that in the past. Like, it's something I, I actively have to work on. I'm not on here trying to say that I'm, like, this perfect wife and I never fuck up. But, you know, if you forgive and let it go, then that onus is on you to truly let it go. If you say I'm over it, you have to be over it. You can't bring it up a second, third, fourth, fifth time. That's it. That's done. Either forgive or don't forgive and leave the person alone. But you can't throw shit in someone's face. That's just cruel and unusual. <laughs> you are a solid person. You know that? Like, you're straight solid. Like, you're mature and you understand. And now, once again, is your turn. We're actually doing really well here. We're doing great on time. We're hitting all my notes. Yeah, yeah. It's, we've been talking for a long time. Not really. It just feels, it just feels, like, it just feels like our usual, you know, chit-chat. Well, that's the vibe usual. I go for. That's the I forgot I that for. we were to be completely honest with you that's fine you're doing a great job by the way thank you you're doing a very um, great job okay let me see i got one for you i got a, a thinker for you okay make me think i doubt you will though i don't know this is this is serious like question soulmate question oh you got a soulmate question I got a soulmate question number one do you believe in soulmates nope do you believe there's one person for nope. every person nope so do you think there's no soulmates or people have multiple soulmates? The word soulmate, it's used a lot. It is used so much by the dreamers. And yep. the dreamers are the best. You've got to love them. But then you got to have the realist to pull the dreamers down and to remind them that, you know, shit happens. Well, the dreamers exist to keep the realist I'm staying too grounded and give them a chance to kind of hope for things. Follow me so far? Yeah, I'm with you. So when you use the word soulmate, that's what they refer to. To me, I consider it an epic love. 
we in our lives and worlds tend to find one person that we just really love we love everything about them when we wake up and we think about them first thing i'm closing my eyes we, you know we go to bed we text them we do all that fun stuff they're just the one thing on our mind 24 7 we call them at random points of the day you know we make surprise visits bring them food or something it's great and while that epic love is great most of the time it ends you know without any long-term commitment it just ends and that's the great thing about an epic love there's more than one but soulmate as a way to describe it is wrong because a soulmate is that perfect person for you and there's no such thing as a perfect person for you yeah it's like a puzzle piece that fits but at the end of the day they're still a person they're flawed there's going to be things yeah. about them that break the glass in your mind it just shatters you it's like whoa i did not expect that so as a soulmate i don't think you know i don't think we have that you know i would like to assume that it's a possibility you know i've been in love mm -hmm. you know i've i've looked at someone and could feel the you know the beating of my heart i look at them and i say wow you're just the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life I've, I've felt that. I know what it's like to feel like that's a thing. Mm -hmm. But then it ends. And you think the whole world is over. What am I going to do about you? And you realize that, oh, it's got to move on. Hopefully you're doing okay. You know, you want what's best for me. I want you to fall down some stairs for a while. Well, whatever. <laughs> so, no, I don't think soulmates is real. What do you think my opinion on soulmates is? What do you think mine is being that I'm happily married for almost 10 years. I feel that your opinion on soulmates is you can find love in the most unexpected places and that someone who doesn't seem to be the perfect match for you actually ends up being the person you end up with and it's shocking. It was surprising. 100% is exactly how I feel. I do not believe in soulmates and I do not believe in that that I think everybody needs to have like multiple loves in their life. Like Anthony's not the only person I've ever loved. I've loved Thank three God. people in my life. I've Thank loved three people in my life. The first person I loved was that you're perfect. Like there's nothing wrong with you. You're your perfection. Like you you know, it's obsession. It was an obsession kind of love. And the second love I had destroyed me. And then the third love, which is my last love, is my ground zero love he's like my safe like and people shit on safety people shit on security people shit on oh she's just with him because he's safe like people shit on that and i don't understand why jealousy love, real love real blossoming that's my fucking human that person i want to see them be happy before i'm happy that takes security that takes safety if one person holds all the power in a relationship like my first relationship that that person held all the power my second relationship i held all the power the, my, my relationship with anthony is safe and it's secure and it's real and it's true and it's going to be a forever kind of love it's not that we text each other 3,000 times a day. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. Like, no, we've been together 10 years. But it's security. And that's why when people say, oh, I never want to get married. I don't want to get secure. I don't want to get 
why the fuck not do you not want to get secure why do you not want to be with a person that you look at and you don't have to question their love for you you don't have to think oh does he think he wish he was with someone else is he gonna cheat on me like why is that a bad thing and it's it's so demonized in the common age to be oh old and boring and secure and it's like I never understood that. I am the best wife I can be and the best human I can be because my husband makes me feel so safe and so secure that I can be my optimal self. I can meet his needs. I can meet his needs sexually. I can take care of him. I can be who I am because I'm secure. I don't have to worry that he's going to fall out of love with me. I don't have to worry that he's going to leave me. I could bet and, and, you know, there's people who say that and they end up looking like fools because the person leaves them and, you know, God uh, forbid. I, that's but, what you get, bitch. Stupid. <laughs> watch. We will listen to this 10 years later. Anthony's like left me with his fucking Ferrari and some 20 Oh, he better model. trade up. He better trade up. If he goes <laughs> down, that's the worst. I'm going to kick his ass. You don't, you don't trade down, jackass. No, he better not. But I mean, it's it's true. And like the first guy I was with, like everyone was always like, oh, my God, he's so hot. Like I would have girls stop me in the mall. Like, oh, my God, he's so hot. Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, and my he's God. He's just oh my guy. He, I bet you he's the best. But he cheated on me. He cheated on me. He's a fucking lawyer now. They all he do. Cheated, he cheated on me with whatever some girl. And that was but that was the power dynamic. I was always trying to make him happy. I was obsessed with him. He was not obsessed with me. The second one, you know, he was obsessed with me to an unhealthy amount, which ended up being very, um, very unhealthy. But the feeling wasn't mutual. I wasn't. And that's why I say and that's my best advice to young girls to women everywhere is (laughs) young men (laughs) and men. Well, men, too. Yeah, you know, they're gay, too, you you know, you have to try too hard to force it it's not right it should be easy you should feel secure and there's nothing wrong with safety and security and if people try to shit on you like people tried to shit on me all the time like you're only 22 like you're settling it's too soon blah 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 like you guys are like way too young to be making these decisions when you know you know i knew and yeah, I'm secure. Yeah, we're freaking married and we don't have drama. We don't fight. Some people crave that drama and they think once you stop fighting, there's nothing worth fighting about. I hate that fucking line. I hate that line. No, we don't fight because we have mutual respect and love. And what the fuck is there to fight about? We bicker. You hear me. You hear us bicker all the damn time. I know, it's annoying. But, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be this fiery passionate up and down we're breaking up we're making up we're fucking on the fucking fridge like it doesn't need on to the be fridge. that to you be... mean in the fridge she could be in the fridge you want to have a pickle <laughs> like god damn it you get two pickles um... it, do- it doesn't need to be that to be real it can be safe it can be calm it can be comfort and that's real that's more real that's the most valid love you can find and i'm tired of people shitting on that kind of love well, let me play devil's advocate here, girl. I would love you to. Let's there argue. are people I like me you. who feel differently. It's like, man, this safety and security is great. It's comfortable. I wonder how long till they inevitably leave me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's a real thought. Not all of us, you know, are okay with the safety. Sometimes we get nervous because we don't want to lose the safety. It's like, but fuck. when you are with the right person, you won't have those insecurities. That's the a right lie. Person. You need to no. worry for a while because she's like, yo, 
Because, like, not everybody works out like that. Sometimes it just doesn't feel safe. It's like, whoa, things are changing. Like, you guys are lucky because you guys knew each other for so long. I think that's something you don't account for when you say those things. Remember. Yeah, I understand. You have to account for the amount of time you had before you were dating and married. Remember, most relationships start in high school. Strangers. You know, those, (laughs) those never work out long term. All right. Mm-hmm. If you date someone at 16 and you married them in your 20s, good for you. But you're, you're, one of you is cheating. One of you is going to divorce eventually. I'm sorry. This, those don't always work out. If it does, good for you. You want a cookie? Congrats. You're not a statistic. <laughs> but when yeah, you're an adult. I understand. I know you understand. But you're not an adult when you met it. him. No, I wasn't. And, and our love wasn't always this secure and this comfortable we had volatile we had fights we had jealousy we had exes that would come up out of you know out of the woodwork and make the other one upset and we had all of that but what i'm saying is once you get through that and you get to a point this is what i'm sort of emphasizing is a lot of the times this is when people feel like they should stray this is when the woman cheats when you guys don't have that drama and you don't have that that necessarily I don't want to say passion because we still have passion I'm very passionate about my husband but you don't have the drama you don't have the making up and breaking up and this is when a lot of people stray or this is when a lot of people think there's nothing left for me in this marriage this man doesn't desire me anymore because because he doesn't get jealous for example or he doesn't you know get mad when when he sees me talking to a guy and it's like no that's just you guys have reached the ultimate level. You guys have reached the ultimate level of marriage where he's not not jealous because he doesn't give a fuck about you. He's not jealous because he has so much trust in you. His trust in you is like life itself. He would put his life that you're not going to do anything. So why would he care? Why would he get himself all riled up? But I hear so many women say, well, I, you know, like was talking to my ex and he didn't even give a fuck. And it's like... Um, now I should go find someone else like I should go cheat like I know so I know more women than men that cheat and the reason that they cheat is because they feel like they're whatever man doesn't doesn't appreciate them anymore doesn't notice them anymore and that's not to, to say that men should be allowed to become complacent you know if I get my hair done and you don't fucking notice and you don't tell me my hair looks good we're gonna have a problem you better notice my hair if we've been together 20 years or 50 years like that's that's not what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that you can get complacent in your marriage as time goes on. What I'm saying is, is it gets to a point. Your marriage will get to a point where yeah, you've been fucking the same person for 10 years. You guys can finish each other's sentences. You guys are best friends. You know each other. You know each other like you know yourself. But when it gets to that, that shouldn't scare you. And that's not the point to cheat. And that's not the point to run away and think, oh, this is dead. This is boring. Like, that's the point where you're like, damn, I've gotten to this level with this person. What we've built our foundation on is so real. And what we have together is so real that we don't need anything to like any outside source to look and and justify it or to validate it. And that's all I'm saying. I'm just reminding people that, you know, it's normal. And it's amazing to get to this level of comfort. Not that everybody can get to this level of comfort. I know what you're saying that it's hard but when you do or if you do it's to respect and appreciate that not run and think oh my gosh I'm getting old oh my gosh this is so like I need to go fuck a stranger I need to go fuck up my marriage I need to see my husband get jealous blah 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 and that shit happens all the time 
Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's not wrong. It's not a wrong opinion. I think it's just because I haven't had like a crazy long term thing before. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe my opinion isn't as similar to yours. Yeah, I understand. It's because like I've had someone be insecure about me before. I'm like, what the fuck you mean you're insecure? Like, hello? Look at my eyes. <laughs> Do they stray? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. They don't. It's like I'm I'm, no. I'm very fiercely loyal about that kind of stuff. You know, like it's you. I like yeah. you. Mm-hmm. But I've also totally. been the victim of the other end. It's like, like what the fuck? You think I can pick them out of a lineup? What is wrong with you? <laughs> like I can, <laughs> like no, that's not what's working. They just want to talk to me. It's they would like they would do stuff like it's very subtle. Like oh, have fun with so and so. I'm like, what? I'm working. <laughs> what do you, What do you mean have yeah. fun with so and so? You mean it's, yeah? Like I'll I'll get more in depth with you later about that. You know, in private. Mm-hmm. You know, tea time. Yeah. But uh. It's, but that that kind of part's normal in the beginning. You guys are sussing each other out. You're feeling each other out. You're learning boundaries. You're learning, you know, who's gonna be the alpha in this relationship. Who's gonna? Oh, who's I'm not gonna the alpha. Be... <laughs> I'm but honest. That... No, neither is Anthony. Neither is Anthony. Yeah, but in the beginning, that, it's though. normal. You guys suss each other out. You do. You try to see what your boundaries. You try to see, you know, like how are you going to react if I start to act a little crazy? Like, how are you going to act if I overreact? Are you going to be able to handle it? Or are you going to freaking run? Like you do suss that stuff out in the beginning. And sometimes it makes you stronger. And sometimes you're like, Oh, this girl is a fucking psycho. Bye. What I will tell you from the guy perspective is we have a certain amount of patience with every individual. And when you're a girl that we're into, our patience is high for as long <laughs> as we need it to be. But as soon as we get that first fuck, we shouldn't have to be as patient in our mind. Just like, okay, oh she's getting crazier by the minute. I'm sorry. I didn't know my dick could dance to make you this nuts. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> listen, you need to calm down. Like At some point, it just gets tedious to talk to someone, you know, about why they're like, why they shouldn't feel a certain way. Like, yeah, you're going to look crazy. But when you look crazy and you haven't been given a reason to it, it it's kind of on you. And I guess yeah. I guess relationships are complicated is what we're trying to say. You, yes. you got to fucking put the work in. You can't be lazy in that shit. And you can't get complacent. No. And that's what bothers me. Guys get so fucking complacent. And I was talking about this with somebody. Complacency comes from both aspects a little differently. Men get complacent for as long as the woman allows them to be complacent. If mm-hmm. they get called on it. They'll start fixing shit for a while until you stop bothering them about it, and then they'll slowly regress back. And they'll yeah. start doing I mean, that. Yeah, women are the same, though. Don't, don't hang on, hang on, them. hang on. I'm not letting them off the hook. Okay. There's a big difference. I'm just saying in the biggest spectrum of it all. Guys, yeah. that's what guys tend to be the victims of a lot in terms of what they're accused of, which is true. I've seen it happen yeah. so much. He stops doing dishes. He yeah. stops showing up on time. Women get more complacent in such a unique way they get complacent in terms of what they expect they stop expecting less from the guy over mm-hmm. over time and that leads to bigger issues She's like oh i just didn't expect you to do that you know she starts taking jabs at him she gets complacent about her place in the relationship she's still mm-hmm. gonna tell him his shit but while his is more physical and about the things that you know he does her complacency from what i've noticed comes from what she thinks Mm-hmm. It's such a it's such a weird spectrum. Yeah, it's such a weird yeah. spectrum. I understand, and like, and when we talk about complacency and and the woman's role and the man's role, it's 
the same thing when, you know, I say it's okay to be comfortable. At the same coin, don't get too comfortable. Like, I say, you know, I preach comfortable and I preach security all day long because I have it. But that being said, you know, as a woman, you still have to actively appreciate your man and he still needs to actively appreciate you because even though you know what you have is rock solid it's still nice to hear it's still nice to be reminded that you know you appreciate that this person decided to give their whole life to you this person could have spent their life with anyone and they're spending it with you and that's pretty dope so like i think that's you know we see it a lot where the appreciation is just not mentioned or not felt anymore and i think keeping up the appreciation on both sides is so important and you have to actively do it because it gets easy to forget. It gets easy to do you think, well, of course you have to do this. You're my husband. Of course you have to, you know, drop everything for me and, and come pick me up here because I need you. You're my husband, but it's so important to just remember to appreciate the person that you're with. They, wake up and choose you every single day. They could wake up and not choose you that day, but they do. Every single day they choose you. And that's pretty dope to me. (laughs) Pro tip, it's never, ever inappropriate to say thank you. Like, a thank you goes a long way. Just say thank you. And I love you is cool and all, but thank you? Man, Mm -hmm. I I feel like couples don't do that enough. Like a solid thank you. You 100%. like yeah thank you you didn't have to like when when you bring me dinner in bed because i'm not feeling good thank you i appreciate you that's it not like you had to do this and not thanks either not thanks no thank you (laughs) thank you sincere thank you and by the way we are almost at the end we're about a half hour left into the podcast and i'm not gonna yeah you know i'm not trying to kill you here uh i'm probably gonna have you on more regularly (laughs) wow we're just chatting away like we usually do (laughs) You know, that's the that's the big thing. I discussed it on the last one. I want people to be comfortable. And if you notice, you shared quite a bit. Yeah. Did it feel awkward at all? No. No, no. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that we were recording. I'm just this, chatting key, with my homie. The key to it is discomfort. You're not being forced to say anything. You even you talked about shit that's pretty personal. And yeah, you don't give a fuck. But in the grand scheme of things, it's never too easy to just share. No. Agreed. And remember, we still have only known each other for what, like eight months now? Yeah, feels like forever. Hey, you know, I have that effect. But for the last half hour, I'm going to let you take the reins here because I want you to get to know me. I've gotten to know you plenty here, like a lot. What about me? Because I also need them to know about me, too, because I actually have not been able to share much about myself. myself Didn't you you do your solo episode or was that? Yeah, but like that's different. The solo episode okay. is more about just me talking and ranting. You don't really hear a lot about personal shit from me there. That's not okay. easy because you're the you're the season opener for the mid season break. Okay. You're, so I'm gonna let you take the reins, Jess. Take the lead here. Your job to get the world to know me. Hell, you want to know me more personally? Go ahead. You want to talk about a certain topic? Take it. The floor is yours. You're the best guest I've had so far. Sorry, Derek, suck a dick, bro. Take it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you a very, um, a very, uh, what's the word? Stereotypical, boring question, but I don't want you to come at it with like, I want you to come at it two ways. I want two answers to this question. Okay. okay. One, the b- basic stereotypical answer. And two, I want like a 
deeper answer. Like, I want you to pretend we're in fucking therapy. Oh, and you want to be my therapist. Okay. And answer this question, okay? Okay. So, question is, very standard. What is your biggest fear? Number one, I want the stereotypical, like, something tangible, something physical. And number two, for the second part, I want you to dig deep and tell me something that's within that you have to think and dig for. That's your biggest fear. Biggest fear, stereotypical? So, my dick not working. Actually? <laughs> Like actually, like, yeah, actually yeah, that's a stereotypical like, fear. Fear of like meeting someone and it's just like not working, and you're like, it's oh, like, oh no, oh no, I malfunctioned. <laughs> no. <laughs> deep, deep fear, deep fear. Like if you think about it, what scares you? Losing my parents. Oh man, that's a deep that's one. Dark. And that I only, dark. I only realized that recently because my dad got super drunk one night and he wouldn't wake up so i felt his pulse he just wasn't moving i thought he was dead that was the night i said fuck it i'm not drinking ever again because you know me i i've been having a good old time this year you have been having a good old time a little too good and i was like man i am not ready to be about my parents in this world no i feel that that's yeah it's like even as an adult they still play such a role there's something about your parents, even as like even as a 20 year old woman when I was in the hospital, right? Like when my mom came, it was like when she came to visit every day, it was like, okay, I can breathe. She's gonna go talk to these nurses. She's gonna make sure shit gets taken care of. Like that's my mom, and I'm married with two kids, and I still need my mom. There's something our parents bring us that is so important for our whole lives. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. Also, my dog. I'm not ready for my dog either. She's getting old too. You know, oh, she's a no. decade in. Yeah, she, I'm gonna oh. put her on the webcam probably next time I stream. Yeah, but you should. I, I'm not ready for that. I've like when I lost my grandparents, I didn't cry. I was like stone cold. I'm like, I gotta be tough. But like the idea of my mom being put in the ground. Oh shit! I'm gonna cry. Oh no! Ah, uh, <laughs> think about bury it. me with her. And then you can see my arm come out the dirt because I actually buried myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay what you got i got the floor is yours the floor is yours i got another i got another deep one i don't know oh here let's go what you got uh okay actually we'll start with this what is a controversial opinion that you have that's controversial don't over controversialize yourself no rape jokes but a controversial opinion i have yeah okay I gotta decide because I have so many. Uh, <laughs> I have so many. I don't think George Floyd was a hero, and I don't what? think I don't think his death. Controversial. I don't Woo! think I don't think that his death would have held as much meaning if it wasn't for the fact that it was caught on camera. Because shit like that happens every day, every fucking day. Agree, but I think he's a hero because it was caught on camera and because. They at turned the that man into day. a martyr. And at the end, do you know his backstory? Uh, br- briefly. Wasn't he a drug guy? Uh, no, I think he had previous drug charges. But I think they were, they were dropped. Right? Okay, just making sure I got my facts straight here. But at the same time, I don't really, I don't really care. I, I genuinely don't care. I don't think it's as... Like, I, I'm happy that it brought about a movement. But like Derek said in the last podcast, since you last heard it, 
when was the last time uh you know you keep hearing about this shit racism I'm... is never gonna disappear until like the old guard is gone the old guard I'm... is gone yeah agree i think it's racism just needs to die out like as like our generation and below even our parents generation's 50 50 but our generation and below it's just going to keep getting weeded out because it's becoming less and less accepted and people are getting more and more loud and more and more vocal like we're at the point that if you're racist you're just going to have to not say anything because you're going to be shunned from society i'll leave you with a thought on uh, that too hang on my father once sat me down and explained something to me. When you think of racism, what do you think? In terms of a person? Black people. Right. Racism. My father looked at me and said, when I was younger, people looked at me and thought I was less than a black man. Not because of the color of my skin, but because of my race. That's racism. Yeah. That's, they're going through discrimination. But that's racism. Where you come from, not what you look like, but where you come from, is racism. I was born here. I was born here to two Hispanic parents who moved here when they were young. If you hear them talk, you would never know that they weren't born here. So, when you look at it from that spectrum... Yeah, that's just based on how they look. It's, it's, just, it's not okay. It's, <laughs> it's their yeah. race because of their, they're Spanish. Mm-hmm. so because of what they look like and where they're from it's such a strange connotation that's why when i look at the george floyd thing i look at elijah king brianna taylor uh what's emmett till i believe was his name i got that right yeah i look at that and i think to myself these people are never going to change the difference is that we're able to be more vocal because what we have available to us in technology allows us to be. The moment the next big thing happens, it's going to get swept under the rug. It will not change. I will never not be suspicious of anybody around me of authority. And I'm using air quotes around authority. You have authority over me under the law. But when you're not even under the same... I guess you can say judgment, then I shouldn't respect you. That's why I don't believe that he was a hero. Because at the end of the day, it never should have happened in the first place. He's not a hero. He's a victim of something that's been going on forever. He should not be a martyr. He should not be put on walls. He should be remembered as a victim, not a hero. Like all the other victims. So that, Anne like Frank. The other victims. Look at Anne Frank. Victim, yeah. not a hero. I put him I under that category I, of victim. I, I take your take your opinion on. I understand, but it's the same thing. Like being a woman, and I'll be very quick. But you better be careful. We are supposed week. to say we're equal, no more sexism, blah blah blah. But as a woman, if I'm alone and there's a middle aged white man behind me, I'm have my hand on my uh, on my knife in my pocket, hundred percent every time. As you should. And and it's like. People want to say, well, we've made so much progress and blah, blah, blah. The Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was amazing. But guess what? We're still scared. We're still, we're still not safe in the streets. We're still going to get catcalled. I get catcalled when I'm walking with my freaking children down the street. Like, that's still... And unfortunately, it's usually the middle-aged white man. Like, that's the, that's the demographic that gives me personally... I can't speak to all women, but that's the demographic that gives me personally the most um, drive. 
they have this sense of power or authority or untouchableness because they have been untouchable in the past where they can do what they want. They can catcall a woman with her two freaking small children. Like, no, no issues. That's right. So I'm untouchable, think, but I'm going to force you to feel me. Ha 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 ha. I think we're getting to the end of that era, though. I think we're getting to the end of the untouchable because now there is eyes. And if George Floyd and, you know, Brock Turner, Brock Turner was a huge one who brought to the to the sexual abuse stuff, right? Yeah. If these people are what it takes, and I understand that once it once it blows over, then people don't talk about it. Sure, but it does make each movement make small changes because there are eyes. People are watching. the The perpetrators are getting less and less comfortable because there's more and more awareness and more and more voices. And I think that that's important. Controversial enough for you, Jess? <laughs> very controversial. Very, very. Okay, I got two more, and it's going to be a two-parter, and then I think we're, we're done. Yeah, I'll get to the close. So, this is just my own morbid curiosity. Sure. So, one, what do, is your perfect mate? Like, not physical. I mean, I know physical. We're not going to discriminate. We're not going to go into your waifu type. But I'm talking, like, like what's your perfect mate what does that look like to you and number two do you want kids and if so what kind of dad do you want to be because you're go up uh, you've been on the fence since i've met you sometimes yes sometimes no so that's you gotta put on you. the podcast you know that, right? <laughs> writing today huh that's just me fucking with you to be honest <laughs> oh, you love fucking with me so my perfect mate mm-hmm. i don't have, have you one. thought about it i don't really have one honestly i I don't really care what she would look like. I'm being quite honest with you on that vanity aspect. What about traits? What traits are non-negotiable for well, you? Well, I'm getting there. Okay. Like physical traits, right? No, physical traits and and personality traits. Like, like for example, I'll tell you quickly my like my non-negotiable traits that like I had before I met Anthony was number one, like needs to have a good relationship with their family, and number two, like needs to be super patient. Like those were just like my things that. I cared about because if your own family doesn't talk to you like your parents hate you then there's probably a problem so. he's, a, he's a little joke i like to make i want i used to make this joke to juan and he holds it over me uh i used to say man i don't want to grow with a family no no friends nothing because i don't want to have to do all this work <laughs> oh my gosh are you serious <laughs> that was a joke but he's rolled with it and i love it <laughs> amazing but in all seriousness i don't know i would just like someone who's nice you know, babes consistently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're not asking for a lot. Just, just no, Honestly, it's just I'm able to fit in with a lot of different criterias. But honestly, just someone who's happy being themselves. It, I'm already a mess. I need you to be yourself and strong because I'm going to need you to take care of me on occasion. All right, I'm a mess. I'll be there <laughs> so for you, you all day. Strong. I just need someone there for when I just open that jar and just let out a seven second like ah! and then close it back yeah. up because i'm gonna that's how i want it you'll get it in bits and pieces i don't want someone who's gonna be there going i just don't understand where is this anger of yours coming from why do you feel this way i'm yeah. trying to help you shut up shut up put me in my place stop stop, yeah. stop being a, a whiner like listen here cocksucker Stop your bitching and sit down and talk to me. What the fuck is the problem? I need someone who's strong as shit. Who's not afraid yeah. to put me in my place when Same I overstep. 
because someone who isn't able to handle me as an individual I would not want to have kids with because a fear of mine is having a kid like me. I don't You're want, a good kid. I know I don't want a kid like me. And I'll get to that in a second. But I need someone who's going to be able to hold it down. I need someone strong. You don't got to like the same shit I like. You don't have to be 100% compatible. Just know that no matter what happens, I will always be there for you. I will always make the time to do something you want to do. All right? You don't have to force yourself to come with me to do something. But if you want to try it, sure. You know, I just, like, we're here to, you know, experiment with each other, to find out what we like. You know, if I can yeah. grow with you, awesome. If you can grow with me, awesome. If you want to be my calm before the storm to the tornado that's constantly running in me, sure. Bring me that inner peace. But if you can't do that for me, I I don't know if you can handle having my so kid. You're interesting because you want peace. And I see a lot of guys that are attracted to the crazy. Like, they're attracted to the can't help it. They see the crazy and they're attracted to the crazy. And they want that that freaking volatile, like, I'm going to fuck you. Then I'm going to fuck your friend. Like, that volatile. Like, a lot of guys are attracted to the to the crazy. I don't want which that. Which I kind of. I do is being attracted to the crazy, but you're saying you want peace. Everybody assumes I'm attracted to the crazy because I make people crazy. Like, <laughs> but no, I want someone who's peaceful. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to be like super shy and shit. Like, get your shy ass ass. Get that shy shit away from me. All right. Those shy girls got those skeletons. Like, well, some, <laughs> some of them got them graveyards in their closet, actually. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, oh like, no, just be confident. Like, that's confident and peaceful. You don't got to worry about, like, chaos. I love chaos, but just be peaceful. I, as a man, will literally walk around my house without a shirt blasting music while I sweep. Mm -hmm. I want someone who's okay with that and will join me, hopefully. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, and there's two different things too. You can have the crazy and the peace. Like, like you can have the crazy when it's okay. Like, you know, everyone like loves to have the little stupid arguments or like, you know, you're pissing me off or whatever. That type of stuff is okay. But fundamentally, when it matters, when it counts, you need someone that you can rely on. That's going to be that yin to your yang, basically. Basically, like I'm a fixer. All right. I can fix a lot of problems. I, I can sit down and we can talk our way through anything. But when I have to speak for you because you don't know how to articulate what's wrong. That's a problem. And I've been through that where I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, so what's the problem? I don't know. Is it that I did this? Yes, that's what it is. So you do know that is a problem for me. Yeah, to say it. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier when we were talking about friendships, too. And it comes back in the relationship theme. It's that sincerity. You just want someone who's going to keep it real and be sincere that you don't have to baby. And that will just be an adult and talk to you like an adult. Exactly. So when it comes to that, I do want kids. Like, I'm done joking about it if you want, but, like, I actually do want kids. The problem is I'm very fearful of having kids. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, you'll be a great dad. No, shut the fuck up. Y'all haven't seen me and how I take care of myself. I can barely go up a flight of stairs. How the fuck am I going to take care of a kid? It's You'll do fine. You say that, but I fear that I'll have a kid like me who is scared. Everything would scare them. 
They are scared of being themselves for so long that eventually they'll break. I am worried that I will have a child who is fearful of talking to me. I am worried that I'll have a child who will go to school and for an entire school year will be by themselves in a stairwell where the janitors go to put their equipment away to eat lunch because he has no one to eat lunch with because of how he is. I do not want a child who will grow up not being able to understand that it's okay to be sad. It is okay to experience different things. You don't have to worry about being different. It's okay to be loud. It's okay to be scared. I do not want a child who grows into an adult who shakes every time they have to do something new, who lives with this constant fear and anxiety that something's just going to go wrong because that's what life is. It's nothing but pain. I do not want a child like me. But devil's advocate, and I know this is an actual therapy and not everything you say requires an answer. Oh, you're fine. But, but I'm going to devil's advocate here. You have a unique position because you have the toolkit that you need to help your children. You know what went wrong for you. You know what hurt you. And you know what you do not want to perpetrate for your children. So, like, I am a very anxious person. And I have seen that I've put some of that on my my, on Sophia. She also has anxiety. And I this is where this is where the key comes in when I had anxiety and I would tell my mom she would say oh my gosh you're being dramatic go to sleep you have school tomorrow stop it stop it stop it stop it stop it it was always stop it was never you have anxiety this is normal let's breathe let's talk about it what's making you nervous so you have this toolkit and you know what your child needs you have to go back to what did I need when I was a child when you felt like you had no friends or people couldn't stand you or people couldn't like you, what did you need? Because you can, believe it or not, you can raise a child who has no friends and doesn't care. You can do that. We can't go in the school and we can't make the kids be nice to our kids. We can't do that for them. But what we can instill in them is a self-love that is so strong, that is so magnetic that kids will just attract to them, number one. And number two, if they don't, our kids are going to be like, I don't give a shit if you don't like me. You suck. Anyways, I don't want to be your friend. And we have that power to do that for our kids. And to be the devil's have- advocate to your devil's advocate. I'm going to cut you off right there. Okay, go ahead. I'm about to stop you right there, Miss Therapist. <laughs> You got to understand, Jess, I'm going to cut you off hard here. That toolkit that you say exists is the exact same toolkit my parent had because they went through the same thing. That toolkit is passed down and edited and it still doesn't work. What What I'm thinking, I need a solid partner to fix my fuck up with the kid. That's because I don't believe I can parent that well. Dad, I hurt my elbow. Oh, shit. Let's get some dirt and see what happens. Dad, I think I got a ringworm. Go touch your sibling. Let's see what will happen. Like, I yeah, I understand. And that was the same. That was the same outlook Anthony had, right? He had the same way. He said, I need I need a, a partner who can do the grunt work. And that's OK. There's no there's no shame in admitting that I need a strong partner to do this kid thing with who has 
who knows what to do. Like there's, there's nothing, there's no shame in that. Like, I know you don't feel shame in that, but it's to admit like, yeah, I definitely can't do this on my own. And, and you'll find, and I know you're, you may disagree, but once you have your child, you'll know exactly what to do. It'll come like, it'll come like instinct. It'll come like, you know what that kid needs before that kid knows what they need. Think about how much you love your dog. Put that on steroids multiplied by a million, trillion, billion. And I know you say, no, like, Nyla is my baby. And I'm not saying that you'll love her any less, but you are capable of love. You love that dog fucking as much as I love my children. For sure. For sure equal. Maybe more. So when you have those kids, it's going to be like that, like a love you've never known what you have for your dog times a million and you'll know what they need and you'll give them exactly what they need. You're going to be the best dad one day. Here's the thing. You want me, you want me to destroy that fairy with a joke? Yes. I wouldn't know what to do because a part of me will always just assume that it's not mine <laughs> and I would oh have to God. test it. Be like, I gotta see this bitch cheated on me. <laughs> That's the most Marty response I could think like, of. Like, I gotta, I gotta test it. And if it's not mine, I could hate it more openly and not feel bad about it. Oh my God. <laughs> Until I get the divorce. <laughs> like, oh why God. don't you love me, dad? I'm not your dad. Father, shut the fuck up. I'm not your dad. Go to that whore in the other room. I should have oh fucking gosh. pulled you out with a clothes rack. <laughs> oh, Marty. We are now at the last three minutes, Jess. What okay. do you got? What, what What do you want to impart to me? What do you want to impart to the world? Because you got to remember, we're still not huge, but we're getting there. What do you want to impart? I want to impart, I think, my best, you know, to sum me up. I feel like people probably are going to know me pretty well after this, but um, just as someone who's young and been through been through some hard times, um, just, you know, number one, find your tribe, love them hard, lean into the people that love you, um, trust, trust. If you get hurt, that's okay. You're better to trust and get hurt than to not trust. Give people the benefit of the doubt you know, love your partner, respect them, worship them forever. Make sure they worship you. Don't take no bullshit. And dick it down, right. dick it down. Give a mean blow job. That's, that's, that's something that she was saying earlier. Don't let her fool you. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> Give a mean blow job. Yes. Don't, but you also got to dick it down. That. It goes both ways. You got to dick it down. <laughs> yes. You got to, yes. You got to put that shit on the table. Show what you're working with. Put your face down there. Um, any, what, any words for me? Like, did you enjoy this podcast? Did you actually enjoy doing this? Yeah, this was so much fun. I think, um, it's a nice, it's a cool format, just like chatting. And I think, I think we had a really good time. I think it was a good, a good chat with my, with my really good friend. Do you feel dumb for being nervous about it from before? Oh yeah. I wasn't nervous at all today whatsoever. I told you. It's the <laughs> I'm easiest pretty sure thing. it shows. <laughs> It is the easiest thing. And if yeah. you could pick one guest to have on here, just for your curiosity of how it would go, who would you like to have? Mm-hmm. Anybody you want. Can okay. I request Derek again? I'm running out of bedtime material. You want Derek again? <laughs> is there something you'd want me and Derek to hit on for you? Actually, would you like to be on a podcast with me and Derek? We could do a three. three oh, you almost said threesome. <laughs> I caught that. 
<laughs> but no, would you would you like to be on the podcast with him? I was gonna say threesome, then I was gonna say three way, and I was like, I don't know how to fix this. So, uh, yeah, I love Derek. I would love to talk, have a chat with Derek. Derek really entices me. Like, not like like okay. So I'm allowed to talk like this because I'm married and I love my husband, and it's not entices me like romantically, not at all. Sexually, not at all. No one's thinking not that. Like that. No one's thinking that. But You're he, good. He entices me, his vibe, his energy. I think he's a really neat dude. Like, I think he's dope as fuck. And I am interested in him. I would love to hear what he has to say on another podcast for sure. For sure. Now, another question is, would you like to host a podcast with just you and Derek as a little special? Host? Host? I mean, yo, like me host Derek or Derek host me? I'll let you host it. I'll let you ask whatever you want. Of course, when I'm in, what? But you need to be here. No, no, I'll make it a little special episode. Just listen, people will love you. All right. You got to remember this shit's all going on YouTube soon and we're going full market. August is the month. I'm calling it. We're going to start going nuts. But you're going to edit this and you're going to let me listen to it before you post it, right? Uh, Yeah, I let everybody listen to everything. And Juan had me take out some stuff. I'll tell you about that later. That's some tea. But okay. I make sure. That when someone is involved with me, they are happy and they're comfortable. The last thing I want is someone to feel as if they have no choice. You have options. You are free to tell me to take this off. You are free to tell me that you want to come back and, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, rectify something you said. Rectify, yeah. You know, you are free to do whatever you want. I am just here having the time of my fucking life doing something interesting. All you got to do is say the word. Okay. I'll let Sounds you have I'll even let you have the floor. I'll even let the two of you just have a little nice little meet and greet. You can ask him questions. You can ask him to read you a book. I'll let that happen. <laughs> I just dig his vibe. He's dope as hell. And I feel like I feel like I'm a lot for him because he's super chill. And you know me, I'm a fucking lot. But then again, he puts up with you and you're a lot, so Okay, first off, he loves me. <laughs> I don't mind doing that, but like that's really the guest that you want. You don't want me to like, uh, like that's it. Uh, uh, uh. I could literally yeah. grab your sibling if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's dope. Like I, I, I would do. I would like a Derek part two personally. That's just is there anything hope. you want him to touch on? Because we kept it pretty uh, simple the first time. Is there something you want us to focus on for you as a personal request? His his energy and his vibe. Like I really. Like, there's something about his vibe that is so dope. I want to know a little, like, I don't know how much he'll talk about his, like, his life. I know he talked a little bit about it. Or, like, how did he get the way he is? He just takes things as they come. He lives in slow motion. He doesn't let the world fuck with him. And, like, I just want to, I want to, I want to channel a little bit of Derek into my life. Give you, like, a little snippet, since I know. Honestly, how he was raised and how he observes the world is how he has developed that personality, that candidates in his speech patterns. Yeah, I want to hear about that. His observation. I will. I will for sure get him to talk about that. It, I don't think he'd mind either. I think he really enjoyed doing it the first time. He actually didn't know we, were, we went on as long as we did. And it, it was interesting. It, it was interesting to let him just roll with it because he talked a lot about like anime and games and that's what he loves, which isn't a problem, but I'll for sure do you that solid. Okay. And as we reach our closing, we have received 
plenty of advice from Jess. Probably some that none of you expected from someone who was originally super shy to be on here. <laughs> I I did not want to come on here for months, and then I came on here, and it was like, here's how to give a great blowjob. It's it's so easy. At the end of the day, be who you want to be. Jess has gone through enough in her life, and she's still spunky and energetic. Her husband will probably be on here one day if I can convince him to make some time away from his PlayStation. Yep. And for Jess's sake, the next episode will not be the solo episode I had in mind. I will talk to Derek, and we'll get Derek part two. And I'll make that a two-parter, so she'll get like at like three hours worth of Derek. <laughs> in terms yeah. of... And in conclusion, today is July 30th. We're coming up on August. Whew. August is going to be crazy. We're going to be able to see a playthrough of a game Derek and I did. Feel free to check that out on YouTube at Mardi Gras. You're going to be able to see the podcast with Jess. And you might see a part two later in the month. And as my closing remark, be who you want to fucking be. And be if you don't you fucking, fucking be. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I'm right. Suck my dick. Go fuck yourself. Have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. Bye.